What's up, party people? What's going on today in this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast as we keep on preparing you for your fantasy draft this year? We're going to talk about our sleepers, our keepers, and our weepers, basically our busts. We're going to talk about the players that are going to break out this year, players that you're going to want to use for keeper value next year, and players that we think are going to bust. All that and much more on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, Brain. You don't like me, and I don't like you. But let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. 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 This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flexit List. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous! I'm very, very dangerous! And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. People, people, What's up, party people? Welcome, 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 welcome over here on Friday, August the 16th here at our studio. Good morning, party people. I am your man, 50 Grand Flex Hitless here on my co-host, live and direct with much respect. Alex Marchetti, what's up, BFAs? What's going on, party people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Long time no see, Alex. Long time. It's been... How many hours? <laughs> I know, right? I see you too much. Had, yeah. enough, had enough of you. More than my girlfriend. That's for sure. Probably, yeah. And you probably see me more than I, you I see probably see you more than I see my wife right now these days, yeah. yeah. That's that's more more likely true, possibly. Uh, Even though we still work different shifts for the most part, I still see you more at work. Yeah, word. Um... Anyway, so uh, big episode today. A lot to talk about today. A lot of drafts are starting to happen. Um, I want to. I want to say something, Marchetti. So yes, something. <laughs> I see what you did there. I liked it. <clears throat> so um, two days ago, we did our bromance show, right? Our fantasy bromance. Yep, bromance. There you go. That one. Yeah. So yeah. we did that show. Uh, two days ago about our fantasy crushes, which is once again to explain to people turning in for the first time. So with the fantasy focus on ESPN, they do the fantasy rider dies. And then the, my guys is on the fantasy footballers, which are basically the people that they, they really love this year. They're really targeting. They're really looking for, and uh, you know, somebody they plant their flag with, you know what I mean? So we did that two days ago. Yes, we did. I want to revise it. What? I want to change one of my fantasy crushes. Why? Why change of hearts now? What, what's going on? Because I'll tell you why. I was uh, do, looking into what we're talking about today for our, for our stats, for our sleepers, keepers, and weepers, right? So we're talking about a couple of sleepers for this year, and then guys, you know, for keeper leagues, to keep an eye out when you get into the keeper rounds of your league, these are the guys you're definitely going to want to pick. I know they're almost very similar sleepers and keepers, but... Uh, they have some differences. Like there are some guys that you would think will be a sleeper this year that will do very, very well, like overperform their ADP. It doesn't okay. mean that you would want to keep them for next year. But the point is, uh, there's one guy that I call the fantasy crutch, crush that I see him more as a sleeper as opposed to like a fantasy crush this year. And I wanted to All change my crushes were sleepers. 
I see this guy sleepers. more the sleeper, but no, because he when when you what fantasy crushes fantasy crushes are guys that that you want to definitely hundred percent get. Like you have, I am getting them. Yeah, but see, like Chris Godwin's not a sleeper. No, no, he's that's what I mean. Like he's yeah. somebody that you're definitely going to look to get. So I want to change it. I want to change Devin Singletary. Devin, and now I'm still on my bold prediction, still on my hot take. I still think, and that's a very bold prediction. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Alvin Kamara. I said that he's going to be that guy that's going to get really, 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 really late that's going to really rise up. He, to me, is going to be this year's version of Alvin Kamara as far as, like, you know, somebody you draft really late that goes up really late. Now, and then it goes up, you know what I mean, rises up. So he's, to me, more of a sleeper. Because it's a bold prediction. It's more of, a, I guess, you have a gut feeling, if anything else. I've seen him do, you know, seeing him running preseason and opportunities. The guy I want to change him for, first of all, let's just do what you said earlier. Dang, you just broke up with Devin Singletary. Yeah, I broke up with Devin Singletary. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. I still love him. Still love him. But I want to change him for Josh Jacobs. I'm going to change Devin Singletary. So I still have Tyler Boyd, Vance McDonald. Is this because of last night? And I'm going to change it for Josh Jacobs. Nothing to do with last night. Nothing to do with last night at all. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read about it. Why? All right. Oh, and also just got an update right now that uh, Eric Williams expects the Chargers to use a 50-50 split between Austin Eckler. I just literally just got on my phone as I'm looking to read my notes. Uh, between Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, they're looking to do a 50-50 split. So what that just means to say to me is that both of them are draftable this year. 100% Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are draftable this year. Uh, Justin Jackson even might fall into this kind of uh, segment we're talking about today about sleepers and keepers. He might even outperform Austin Eckler. So... Going back to Josh Jacobs, what we're talking about, um, he ran a 5.9 yards per carry in Alabama, and he caught 81.4% of his targets and averaged 12.1 yards per catch. If that was NFL numbers, that's first ballot Hall of Famer. Tell me not. Yeah. Obviously, it's college. It's not NFL. There's a big difference. But here's some NFL stats for you. In the 12 years as a head coach, John Gruden's RB1 has averaged two. 157 touches per season. That is a ton of touches. I've mentioned before the nerve turner offense that uh that in recently that in recent years that uh they, he's there are his RB one has averaged 200 touches per game. Then now that being Christian McCaffrey and because of all those touches and opportunity Christian McCaffrey gets is why we love Christian McCaffrey so much. Also because he's just that good. I think Josh James is going to be that good. He was highly regarded as the best RB in the draft class last year with rightfully so since he was the first RB picked in the first round in last year's draft class. Sorry, this year's draft class, excuse me, this recent year's draft class. Um, and I've also read that, you know, that they got Josh Jacobs lined up all over the field. They got him placed outside wide, even in the slot. And there's really nobody else that's competing with them for touches. He's the lead back. We know that. They drafted him to be the lead back. They need a lead back. You know, he's a, he's still a solid big guy. And they have a pretty good offensive line over there, over there in um in Oakland. Right now, according to the huddle.com, they're ranked as the 17th best overall offensive line. So, like, in the middle of the pack, they're not the best, but they're better than almost half the league as it is. So... With all that being said, with all those touches, with all those opportunities, using him as a pass catcher, even using him in the slot, especially in PPR leagues, I'm all in on Josh Jacobs. I'm all in. To me, that's a fantasy crush for me this year. Reading, looking more into it, I, I just think he's going to be a beast. I think he's going to be a stud. 
I, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Rookie running backs that make a direct impact in the NFL right away. And I, yeah, I'm all in on Josh Jacobs. So you will select Josh Jacobs over Marlon Mack? Yes. Chris Carson? Yes. Okay. 100%. I'll select them over both those guys. Who else? Yeah. Oh, well, if you're going to select, all right, let me see. Uh, David Montgomery. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Melvin Gordon, if he falls to the fourth. <sighs> if he, maybe, maybe. Because Melvin, because this is the thing, this is the thing with Melvin Gordon's situation. Now, they, I, especially with the recent things reading about it, there's a big difference in the Melvin Gordon and Zeke situation than there is with the Davion Bell situation because Melvin Gordon is still under the contract. Basically, to put in a nutshell, from what I read about and looked into it, if Melvin Gordon does not play this year, guess what happens to him next year? Uh, this season doesn't count, so he still has another year on contract. Like He's exactly. still going to be under contract regardless. He'll, he'll be in the same situation. Same situation. So they could just force him to sit. They could just force him to not not say, but they could force him to cave. He's going to just lose a ton of money, and he's going to be just in the same exact situation next year. Nothing's going to change. So, um, I feel like, but he did state he has stated that he's willing to sit out the season. He wants a contract done, and he wants to, you know he's willing to sit out the season. So maybe that's just smoke and mirrors. Maybe that's just trying to put an edge or trying to. You know, push the charges a little bit because if the charges are going to win. They got to kind of win now, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really see. You know, especially with Philip Rivers coming towards the back end of the career, they, they, you know, they're, they're building up their defense. Their defense is built to win now. Melvin Gordon doesn't have that much left in his, you know, career span either. He's like twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. You know, when the running backs hit thirty, they take a tremendous drop. Um, so maybe because it's a little scary, the Melvin Gordon situation. It's a little risky. So, because if I'm taking Melvin Gordon, I'm definitely going to have to take Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson. So, that's automatically two roster spots I'm giving up. And it possibly might be just a whole roster spot. So, it's like, not only will you give up a roster spot by getting Melvin Gordon, you will give up the chances of grabbing a guy like Josh Jacobs who could have well over 250 touches this season. And not even, you know, when the catches and everything. So, maybe. Devonta Freeman? Yes. You select Josh Jacobs? Over Devonta Freeman? Yes. Uh, probably. You're, you're probably, crazy. probably. You're Take crazy, man. You're, so you're saying, you're, I could see Devonta Freeman ended as a RB1. Right. Playing in a high power offense. Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they're a decent offense. I mean, they don't got Oakland the, Raiders sucks. Yeah, they suck. So you're going to tell they me. They got a Josh, pretty hard defense. They yeah. got a pretty hard, yeah. So hard you're schedule. Me, yeah, so you're going to tell me Josh Jacobs is going to outperform. Devonta Freeman. That's why you. No, 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 no. It's not so much outperform. Is that this, the thing? If is, you draft him, it's it's. Put it this way. Him, I'll, I'll, go, I'll give it to you very. If you draft him, you're, you're pretty much saying that he's going to perform. He's going to outperform the, Devonta Freeman because of the fact that I'm scared of what Freeman did last year. I seen Freeman kind of peak. We've seen him peak. You know what I mean? Like, and with Tevin Coleman out, and just increases Freeman even more so. But it's. Uh, I'm scared of him getting hurt again. He's 27. He's still young. Who? Devonta Freeman. I know, but he's been hurt and missed like an entire season. Okay. So that's what scares that's me. That's part of football. Right. Players are going to get hurt. Right. And that's what scares me. 
And because I don't know that yet about Josh Jacobs, I just see all opportunity, no competition, and a very good running back. I'm not as scared. So you're saying that Josh Jacobs has no chance of getting injured as well? No. Once again, I'm not as scared. Anybody could go down at any given time. That's anybody. You could draft You could draft 16 players. Every single one of your 16 players you draft could get hurt, 100%. But I know that Devontae Freeman has gotten hurt and has burned a lot of teams. Josh Jacobs hasn't given me a reason to disbelieve that. You know what I mean? That that's why. Just, I'm just and he has he also hasn't proven that he could be a no, yeah, very I, valuable I, I'm, I'm, running I'm not, back in the pro. I'm not here making NFL the I'm not here trying to make the so. case that he's going to outperform him. I'm just saying I would just I'm just less worried about Josh Jacobs than I am about Devontae Freeman. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm not here making the case that you're wrong and that he's going to outperform him. It's just I you know like I said I've seen Devontae Freeman get hurt and it scares me. It, all right. Well, you so, know this this previous draft class of running backs, none, none of them stood out. Is not nothing that you can compare to the season before because you well, had couple stood out, but no no one has stood out. Not like like this is a must have player. This is a Saquon Barkley. You got to have this guy. None of them stood out like that. It's it's because and, of, it's, and, and and this draft class wasn't deep at all. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was more. It was more. But, but this guy. It's the thing is. It's it's where he landed in a John Gruden West Coast style offense, and they're gonna high, you know like they're gonna they're gonna give him the ball a lot. There's with Antonio Brown there. It's gonna allow the defense to stretch a little more. It's gonna allow them not to stack the box as much the box as much because they're worried about Antonio Brown. So, you know, I'm I'm I just, I just think that Josh Jacobs is gonna just really prevail with the opportunity he has there playing with Antonio Brown. It's gonna like I said, they're not gonna stack the box. Well, you're love struck. You so. love struck. That's why he's your bromance. Yeah, I got a bromance with Josh Jacobs, a new guy. Yeah, Cupid hits you with that arrow. You know, why, why, why you gotta make it uncomfortable? <laughs> oh man! All right, All let's right. get into the show. Sleepers, keepers, weepers. Let's get into wait, this big show. Wait. Go ahead, cry it out. So, uh, tell me somebody that's a sleeper for you. A sleeper for me. There's too many. There's too many to call. All right, so I'm going to start off with Lamar Jackson. I was about to say, I'm going to start off with a long, deep pause. (laughs) Lamar Jackson. To me, Lamar Jackson could be a league winner. He is my sleeper. He's currently going as the QB 16, round 11. Uh, If you look at the last seven games he played, which are the seven games that he started, five out of those seven games, he ended up as a top 12 quarterback. Uh, I know a, the biggest concern is, is he going to throw the ball? Well, Ravens have the fifth easiest schedule for quarterbacks. And now that he has a season under his belt, it just I just feel like it's just going to get better. All right, so a lot of people compare him to or like, tr- like to compare him to Mike Vick, and some people are like, no way he's ne- – He's near comparable to Mike Vick, right? Well, because he doesn't have the arm strength that Mike. Because Mike Vick not only could run like a bat out of hell, he also had like a cannon for an arm. And the, fir- the first season that Mike Vick started, well, you know, that he got drafted by the, the Falcons. He was the number one pick. Uh, the first season, you know what was his uh, throwing percentage? What? 44.2. Okay. What was Lamar Jackson's? 58. He threw it more. Who threw it more? You say Lamar Jackson threw it more. 58%. Right. 
Right. So he completed 58% of his passes. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, uh, sorry. Then you meant like how many times he passed to the No, man. no, I'm sorry. talking about percentage. His, his no, I just thought the percentage we missed was. Percentage. Sorry, okay. All right. Pardon me. All right, so the second season, Mike Vick's sophomore season, his throwing percentage, completion uh, percentage was 54.9. Okay. Lamar Jackson still has a higher completion percentage. Okay. And in Mike Vick's sophomore year, he, he averaged a 19.4 fantasy points per game. Okay. So, uh, if you want to compare him, you could compare him. I, I believe you could compare him to uh, Mike Vick. Maybe he doesn't have the arm strength, but, you know, this guy is a Heisman Trophy winner. He has won. Really? Yes, he's won. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I believe in him. You, you sure? Know. Yes, man. You want to look it up? Go ahead, look it up. All I right. bet you. I, I, thought bet you Baker, I thought Baker won it that year. Yeah, he was runner up, but the season before Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson won. He won in his sophomore year. Okay. Uh, listen, this guy has the legs for it, and he he could he could throw. I have seen him throw in uh, in college, and I believe with now one year under his belt, having an easy schedule this season, this guy not only could end up as a top twelve quarterback, but he could end up as a top six quarterback. Lamar Jackson. I'm glad you brought up this point, Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that that was your first. Now, you know, we, I don't know all your sleepers. You don't know all mine. I'm really glad that you brought him up uh, to start off with the sleepers so we could dif- differentiate or whatever, however you pronounce it, whatever. Not, not that smart. Uh, you know, differ the, with the sleepers and keepers. So keepers, the way they go, it's very different for every league. You can make keepers a ton of different ways. Uh, if you have some questions, uh, once again, the good time to say it. Always follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Check out our website, betterfantasybureau.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. I'm going to start putting that out as soon as next week. I'm going to start giving out uh, little tidbits for everybody to read. But, um, to def- you know, everybody has their difference. I'm in a league where the keep around start in the eighth rounds, right? That's when you start picking a guy to be a keeper. And if you decide to make a keeper in this particular league, you don't have to have a keeper. If you decide to have one, he is your six-round pick next year. So, for example, last year I took Aaron Jones in the eighth round, and now he is my six-round pick this year. Same year before that, I took Adam Thielen in the eighth round, and he was my sixth pick last year. There's another league that I was in that also, uh, shout out to my boy Mudu, that he does a league where it's – you have to pick a keeper. Somebody has to be picked, and it could be anybody on your team. It could be anybody you drafted, anybody you picked off the waiver wire, but it could be, I believe, it's after the eighth or seventh round. It's six or somewhere between the sixth to eighth round. I don't remember really, but that's when the keeper rounds start. So where it is picked after there is keeper eligible, and you have to pick one, and it's whatever round you picked them in, that is your pick. So one year, Devontae Freeman was taken in the seventh round. He was a seventh round pick the next year. And um, and 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 same thing. It said, uh, you know, if you picked them off the waiver as your last pick. Now, for example, right in the other league that I'm in, where you pick somebody from the eighth round over, and then he's your sixth round pick. So if I take Lamar Jackson in the keeper rounds, I'm not going to want to spend a sixth round pick on a quarterback next year. More than likely, right? Yes. More than likely, I'm not going to want to, right? Yeah. So he was somebody that we wouldn't recommend to be a keeper. No, because quarterback is so deep. Quarter exactly. Quarterbacks are so deep. Exactly. 100. percent Same thing. Maybe like tight ends. Like, uh, I you know Vance McDonald. I think is some somewhat of a sleeper more than a keeper because 
you know, tight ends, if you're not grabbing one of those main three, you can wait on them because they're just kind of almost, in a sense, irrelevant into a, to a point. You know what I mean? Not yeah. not totally 100%. You still need to play one, but they're not as mu- valuable as every other spot. So it's like, you know, you could wait to the later rounds or whatever for the tight end position. So, you know, usually a tight end is not keeper eligible. Yeah. Unless, like, that year you took George Kittle, and then, yeah, George Kittle could be a six-round pick, and then, yeah, that'd be fantastic, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's these are people that we're recommending to be, like, sleepers, to break out, to have a very good year, but keepers are ones that not only have a very good year this year, they're somebody you're going to want to definitely keep for next year. So that's why I'm glad you brought up that point to really, I guess, explain the difference between this whole segment, sleepers and keepers. Yeah. I just want to expound on one thing. So in Michael Vick's sophomore year, right? Right. He ended up as the quarterback one, uh-huh. number six most uh, points by a fantasy football player that season. Uh, and his, you know what was his passer rating? What? His passer rating for that season was 81.62. You know what was Lamar Jackson's uh, last season's? What? 84.46. So higher. So you don't have to be a good quarterback, you know, in order to – have production you know these guys have legs so they're going to produce it with their legs so you know that's why i like lamar jackson here he's a sleeper of mine like you know i could easily like his floor to me is just a top 12 quarterback that's his floor that's a little bold that's not bold okay he has the legs it's a cheat code still a little bold but and you know he has the potential to be a quarterback one obviously you got patrick mahomes there right who's a beast and could throw but he could get there, or at least the top three quarterback rank, you know? So that's why I consider him a sleeper. Obviously not a keeper because the position is so deep. Right. And there's no point of wasting a pick uh, for on, on a quarterback position. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's like it, it it's very few. For, like last year, Pat Mahomes, like, I think on average you're going like in the 10th round. If you spend a six-round pick on Pat Mahomes this year, you know what? Then I'll, I'll take that risk. You know, six-round pick for Pat Mahomes, I'll probably more than likely take that if I had him as a keeper. I could see that. Yeah, well, because he's even being considered being drafted in the second round. Exactly. So. That's why. But, you know, but that's why somebody, you know, but it, it's but still at the same time, more than likely, unless it's this rare, rare occasion, you're not taking a quarterback. For the most part, you don't, you're not looking to take a quarterback that early. You know what I mean? For yep. the most part. Some people do, but we don't recommend it to them, right? Anyways, the point is, uh, I, I agree with you about him being a sleeper. I agree with you about him definitely outperforming his ADP. That I 100% agree with you with. But uh, I just put it this way. I like him overall. I'm, I'm, you know, I know I don't draft a quarterback because what they could do with their legs. But you also got to look at your league. I think Lamar Jackson is even also more valuable if you're in a league where a passing touchdown is four points and a rushing touchdown is six points. It's another draft tactic to know your league settings. If a passing touchdown is four points and a rushing touchdown is six points, Lamar Jackson, to me, adds only more value because he will get the abundance of uh, rushing touchdowns. I mean, Dak Prescott, the last three years, has gotten at least six. That's a lot of rushing touchdowns to get. So for a quarterback especially. So I just think that that makes him more valuable because uh, for that, you know? Um, As opposed to quarterbacks who, you know, get six points for every passing touchdown. I just think there's going to be a lot more quarterbacks and a lot more passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. But I like it. I like it. I think he's a good sleeper. I'm not mad at it. Uh, a sleeper for me for this year, I'm going to I'm gonna start off with a really ugly name. I'm going to start off with a very ugly name. Peyton Barber. Oh, man. Yeah. Gross. I know. <clears throat> I get it. 
I actually can't believe, and I, I wrote this I down up when I was mouth. writing when I was writing my notes, and I, I really said this. I actually can't believe I'm saying this myself, but he has some real sleeper value. In Bruce Arians' offense as running back one from the years 2016-2012 has averaged at least 189 carries a season. I know that Barber is going to possibly look to split work with, Ran- with Ronald Jones, right? I believe for that to fizzle out because even last year, I believe that Ronald Jones is not a good running back. I believe he's a bust. I believe he's not going to do anything. I just, I just don't think Ronald Jones is good at all. I think Peyton Barber is actually a decent running back. He's in his third year, but he has three years experience going into his fourth. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's actually pretty good. He's not that bad. You I, you know, he's just not the worst running back in the world. I actually think he's a better running back than Kenyon Drake. Not for nothing. I do. As just by individual talent. You know what I mean? I think he's a bad. I think he is. He, he has had a couple of games where he's putting on like 20 points a game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, He's going to get the opportunities. I think it's an offense that's going to be better with Bruce, Arian, with Bruce Arian in it. You don't think that Buff, Bucks, Buccaneers offense is going to be better this year? It is, but you're talking about you're expecting Peyton Barber to catch from the back? Yeah, a couple of passes here and there. They're going to be they're going to be running a negative uh, game script. They, like I said, like 95% of the Bruce stats. Arian's offense works really well, and it also helps a lot of running backs. Like I said, it's averaged 189 carries. That's a lot of carries. His R, for his RB1 to average. I believe Peyton Barber is going to be that RB1. At the end of the day, look at it this way. At the end of the day, look at it this way. You're spending a 10th round pick for a starting running back. How does that sound to you? He's a starting running back for a team, and you're spending a 10th round pick to him. Does that sound bad? Overall, don't know. you don't know the name. It's just a starting running back for a 10th round pick. That's good, right or wrong, anytime, right? Uh, any start? You're telling me any starting running back with a tenth round pick is not good. In this day and age, they could lose that starting job. Of course, but I'm d- Royce Freeman lost his job. You're not. You're not <laughs> answering the question. Yes or no? Is a tenth round pick good for any starting running back? It doesn't matter who it is. It's a starting running back. To some, that's that's good. Yes. To I believe anybody will tell you anywhere a starting running back and a tenth round pick for a starting, not a backup, not an RB two, not an RB three, not a handcuff. A starting running back with a tenth round pick. Tenth round is where you start looking at quarterback defense. It's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. You know what I mean? He's not going to kill you with anything. They don't have a very difficult season either. The Bucks. Yeah, they don't have a difficult season at all. So, I, I honestly think that the offense is going to be better this year. I think it's going to improve, and I think it has a lot to do with Bruce Arian. But this is the main thing. I just know that Peyton Barber is not that good. I just don't think he's just also that bad. And with him also not being that bad, I just also believe more in Bruce Arian. It's more of a belief in Bruce, Bruce Arian and the kind of offense that he could run. And I just, you know, they still have a terrible offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, so, it, it, but, but they don't have a difficult schedule. I just think that Bruce Arian is going to just help him a bit. He's not that bad. He's ranked <coughs> one, uh, 113 in fantasy points per opportunity. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think that Peyton Barber is going to be a top 20 back. But going in the tenth round, I just think he's going to outperform his ADP. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand. I think I think like his ceiling is like wide receiver three, like a high end wide receiver three is a ceiling. At the end, he's going in the tenth round. Why not take a shot? You know, yeah. I just work. think I just so, think Bruce Arians has a decent offense, and I just think it's a decent sleeper there. He could, he could be a decent flex player for you. I, I, that, he's he's yeah. he's done double digit points numerous times before. You know, people played him last year. It's just a terrible name. Very. I, you know what? I, I do own, own him in my dynasty. 
I own one of my in our dynasty this year. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm wishing for the best. If he's, you know, if he performs, I'm gonna be so happy. I'm gonna be a happy camper. So yeah, you know, in the tenth round in redraft leagues, yes, you can. You know, I buy, just, buy some shares. At and, the end of the uh, day, a see, sleeper is a guy, like I said, like see Peyton Barber. I think he's going he's gonna to outperform his ADP. We wouldn't recommend keeping him for next year. I don't think he's going to be that good to be keeper, to be keep worthy. But you see, these are the differences. I just think that he's going to outperform his ADP and he's going to just do pretty well for that offense. Already then. Who else do you have as sleepers? All right. As far as my other sleeper is, hold up. It's. Hold my phone. You know, I ha- I have to put Evan Ingram here. I know he's going in the fifth round, but why am I considering him a sleeper? Is because I believe he could end up as the top t- number two tight end by the end of the season. It's kind of crazy. It's not crazy. If, did you know the last five games that he played? What was what did he rank in last One. season? Number two. Okay. So. You know, he week fourteen he was number twelve, week fifteen number one, week sixteen number four, week seventeen number three. He was averaging about eighteen po- fantasy points per game. Uh, Odell's out. That's a hun- that's that's one hundred twenty four targets gone. Golden Tate suspended four games. More targets gone. Sterling Shepard might miss a few games with his broken left thumb. Doubt it. You doubt it. They haven't confirmed. They're hoping. They're hoping he plays week one. Even if he does play week one, you still have an abundance of targets there. And I believe that Evan Engram is going to be the one that's going to step up. Do you know, according to next-gen stats, Evan Engram is number one in target separation in the league. 4.4 yards separation. And he's number two in yards, on, on yards after uh, catches. Per reception, among all pass catchers, with nine yards, number one was George Kittle, who had an awesome, awesome year. And I, I remember you mentioned about concerns with drops. You know how many drops he had last season? How many? How many? How many? Three drops. Sterling Shepard had four. Odell had five. Barkley had four. He was averaging pretty much point two drops per game. So. You know, you're talking about a player that is going to get what you love to see is opportunity. The targets are going to be there in a, in a, in a team that is for most likely going to be trailing. Might, might not have all the touchdowns, but you know what? He is going to be the biggest target there. So there might be a, a, a touchdown upside for him too. So that's why I consider him a sleeper because you're getting a player in the fifth round, end of the fifth round, that could end up as a number two tight end, which a number two tight end right now is going at the end of the second or beginning of the third. Evan Engram. It's not a homer pick. I'm just looking at the stats, fellas. Evan Engram, to me, I, get, I, I, I see as like a top five, no less than top ten tight end, of course, of course because of the opportunity is going to be there. I see him getting the touchdown passes. I, I like him better in standard leagues than I do in PPR. Now, talking about his draw passes. Now, now, you know what? Yeah. They improved, sure, no problem. They improved from, you know, they had 11 in his rookie year and three last year. I get it. But how many passes did he catch last year? 45. Caught 17. No, he caught 45. Where did you find 45? 45, 577 yards with three touchdowns and 64 targets. I'm going to look at that up. Anyways, the point is, is that 
How many you said he caught? I'm reading here it said 17. 17? How, how could he end up as a number two tight end with 17 catches? Well, that's certain, certain, certain weeks, last week's. Maybe it's wrong, but that's what it yeah. says here. So I'm looking up again. doesn't matter. The point is, well, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Let's see. Go ahead. Let's look this up. Maybe it's a, there's a bad stat. I'm going to look this up again. Anyways, the point is this. I still know it wasn't a lot of passes because 45 is not a lot. Let's, even if it's a 45, let's go with 45, right? And I probably just read, read this bad uh, online thing that gave me. What, what, what was I reading before? This bad website. <laughs> well, bad website right there. Look at look up at fantasy data, man. Yeah, I'm going to fantasy data right now. All right. So point is this. Point is this. Is that Evan Ingram, right? He missed a lot of games last year. He missed a lot of games his rookie year. He's also another he, guy that has missed, an injury he, pro he, tag. He, he missed one game his uh, rookie year, and he missed five games his sophomore year. All right, he did have 45 targets. Okay. I mean, okay. 45, 45 receptions. Okay. Yep. 45 receptions out of 64 targets, dropping three of them. That's fine. Okay. That, to me, when you're, when you, when you're like the main guy, and then when you're hurt, and you have those injury-prone tags... I don't see him as being top two. All right. Well, that if you look concerned about drops, that's point two drops per game. That's what he averaged out of eleven games. Point two drops per game. It's, it's according it, to PlayerProfiler.com. Point two drops per game. It's it it's it's which still, is a drop rate of three point one percent. Now going from eleven to, to to three, yeah, it's good. But you want to know what? It's it's remember he dropped eleven when he was the main guy. Right or wrong? Yes. So he's if you're looking for him to be the main guy again, I see him also dropping a lot of passes again if he's going to be the main guy, if there's going to be like a lot of um a lot of attention on him. If you're telling me that there's no Golden Tate, there's no Odell Beckham Jr., that Sterling Shepard may miss games, is there going to be more opportunity for Ingram? 100%. But there's going to be more attention on Evan Ingram as well, is it not? Maybe Saquon Barkley alleviates that. Saquon Barker is going to because I think alle- I think Saquon's going to lead the thing in, ta- in 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 receptions. Now listen, as a Giants fan, I hope you're right. I hope he's the second best tight end. I see him as a top five, or to- you know, top ten at worst. Well, his rookie season, he ended up as a tight end five. You know? Yeah, so, but his rookie season, that's because everything, all the pieces had to fall in the place for him. From what we to. know is tight ends, it takes a while for them to get to that. Vote. That's a rare thing. He's in his third season. That, that's a rare thing. No, He's no, no. His third season. But his rookie season, that's like such a, you know, everything had to fall in the place for him to be like that. That's, you know, that's like the rarest of the rarest things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the last tight end that, that it did like the most relevant thing was Dwayne Allen. When he was drafted, he was like tight end 20-something. And with Evan Engram missing five games last season, he ended up as a tight end 13, and he missed five games. Was, and there was a, Yeah, but tight end 13 was not that great last year. Look, there was no, so but many he tight missed, ends that I know, died. but I'm just saying he missed five games. Right. That's more than a third of the season. No, but that's what I'm saying is that he's missed games in his rookie season. He missed five games last season, and I'm just worried about him also missing games. I'm more, more I'm, than a quarter. Sorry. My math is wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about the, the injury prone. Put it this way. At the end of the day, this is it. We're just, we're just, I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. because I agree with you. He's going to have a very good season. I just don't think top two. Top two. Uh, that's, that's fine. I just don't think top two. I think top five at best. I, anywhere between three to five at best. Well, he's he's going as a, as a five. So to, if you think so, that's that's why you don't consider him a sleeper. But if, if I don't he, consider him, a, I don't consider him a right, bust. So let, that let's way. say let's say top three, even top three, it's is good. 
Of course. It's great. Because right now, like, who do I feel like it might drop there? It might be Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. I, 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 I agree like, with that. Zach Ertz is that. probably going to be the one that's going to drop from uh, the, the top three tier. I you agree know, with the, that. You know, the, the, the first tier of tight ends, you know, so... That's who I feel is going to drop, and Evan Ingram is going to be the one that's going to come in there. I I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, that I agree. But I, I just um, like I said, I no. don't think I don't. I think that that world is closer than the world of Duke Johnson being relevant. So like like we were talking about the other day. Um, another sleeper of mine who I think is a who I think is going to be a sleeper this year also. And I know you weren't crazy about this that I mentioned D.D. Westbrook. We spoke about him a little bit on the podcast the other day, and I know it's another sexy name, and it's not a great offense, but he was top 10 in slot, in slot, wow, in slot targets and yards last season. Nick Foles threw most of his touchdowns and targets to his slot receivers while he was on the Eagles. Just for that combination alone is why I think that he's going to have some real value where he's going. He's going as an eighth-round pick, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook is the only guy in that offense that is solidified as the main guy, as the guy in the slot. Everybody else is still arguing, not arguing, but it's still competing for the outside roles to play on the outside of it. But he's already in there, the slot guy. And like I said, top 10 in targets for the slot, for the slot targets, slot yards, and Nick Foles threw most of his touchdowns with the Eagles to the slots and his most of his targets also went to the slots. So, I just think that that's going to be a good combination for them there. I think they're going to play out really well over there. I don't think it to be a very high-flying offense at all. But for an eighth-round pick, I see D.D. Westbrook overperforming it just based alone on where he's playing and where Nick Foles likes to throw. And Nick Foles has shown and proved that he could be a very good quarterback. He has proven he, he's won Super Bowl. So, D.D., why not take a shot? I think I, I see sleeper value with D.D. Uh, yeah, I guess you know, like I, I don't see it. He's not a guy that I'm targeting, but seems like you're targeting him. You know, he's somebody that you're interested in. Just, just real quick, like I said, just based on that, you know, where, yeah. where, where you play, where the targets you get, and then who likes to throw to that to the most points. Doesn't mean he's going to be a successful wide receiver, but I think in in fantasy, yeah, I think he's going to be very successful fantasy wise. All right, I'm not saying the team's going to do all that good, but any other sleepers? Uh, my other sleeper is Latavius Murray. This is a player that's going to seventh round, and I believe he will pay dividends. Do, do you know that the Saints is the number one team yeah. in, in yeah, running yeah. back position by yeah, yeah, yeah. points? And they've been. I doing, know it's Sean Payton's running backs are just like nuts for like the last five, six seasons. Yeah, I remember. I I, I wrote I wrote um I wrote something about that last year when I was talking about the Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara combo. So yeah, I wrote about something. I don't know where the stats are about it, but I wrote about it last year. Yeah, so uh, you're talking about he's going to be playing with Sean Payton and the Sean Payton offense and Latavius Murray filling the void of Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram, a couple seasons ago, he was a run. He he ended up as a running back three, I believe, running back three or number uh, running back six, right? So Latavius Murray has that opportunity where he could, you know, right now he's currently going as a RB thirty three. Now, I feel easily he's going to be an RB, 20, top 12, top 24 running back, right? I see him even going top 20. But there's a there's a chance that he could end up being top 12. There's a chance. I, I, I see it. I see Easily, I see top 24. Top 18, that's value you're getting there. A, a player that's going to perform as, as a running back 18, and you're getting him in the seventh round, 
you're you're more than happy. But there is a chance that he could end up as a top 12 running back, especially in this season where you have Ezekiel Elliott that might not play, Melvin Gordon that not that might not play. So there's already two positions there that that you know running backs have to fill and has the opportunity to come in to the running back one world. So Latavius Murray has a chance, especially with the rep of the New Orleans Saints, you know? I mean, for a guy that's going as the 33rd run, running back overall, if he ends up in the top 24 right there, there's his value as it. You know his what I mean? Uh, yeah, no. I, 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 I don't disagree with anything you said whatsoever there with Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray is one person I won't fight you with. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> um, another another sleeper of mine is um, – Marvin Jones. Now, I took him last year, and he was a bit disappointing and had a lot to do with him being injured, but Marvin Jones is now the clear number two for this team. Last year, it had to be target shares between him, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay. Even after Golden Tate left, he was, you know, became a number two, and then that's when the injuries started kicking in and stuff like that. But the thing is with Marvin Jones, he's a red zone guy. I have him a lot higher in standards than I do in PPR. He is not the PPR type guy. But remember what I said. This is an offense that's going to play from behind a lot. I see a lot more of the targets going to Kenny Galladay. I see a lot of the targets going to Kerryon Johnson. But they're going to be playing from behind a lot. They are not a good defense. You know, besides Darius Slay, they're not a good defense. They're going to get run on like they did last year. They're going to get, you know, they're going to, you know, pass all the time. Look at, you know, what Sam Darnold did in the first game the Jets against them last year. They completely annihilated them. So... I just see them, like I said, playing a lot of catch-up, playing a lot of hurry-up, throwing the ball a lot. So I see Marvin Jones getting a lot of those touchdowns, him being that guy for that kind of stuff, and because that's what he does best. That's what he's known best for, being a red zone guy. He did that same thing when he was on the Bengals. So, yeah, I I, I see Marvin Jones definitely having some sleeper value. I, I do like that pick. Um, end zone targets shared. He was ranked number one with 13 targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a down year last season, but, you know, that has to do more with, uh, you know, injuries. You know, he only played 10 games. Yeah, he got, he got you know, I was disappointed to grab him. I, I took him more as like a flex-type player last year. I thought he was going to do better uh, as the wide receiver, too. But County Gallaudet showed up. Still, he's going in the ninth round. He's ranked as the wide receiver 40. I could see him in the top 30. You know what I mean? And that's value right there for him. Well, in the 10 games that he played with an awful, awful uh, offense, right? He he ranked, he hit top twenty four twice, and he hit number one wide receiver once. You know, he yeah. he had the most points scored in one week. You know, I think it was like I remember that week it was like thirty three points against like Shaquille Griffin, the rookie. I think it was. Yeah. So yeah, he scored uh, two touchdowns in that game. But yeah, uh, I remember that game. So you know, I do like that pick. You know, a lot of people are down on him because of the injuries, but you know. You get it's just the injuries. It's a, bad, it's a bad team. You know what I mean? But like I said, it's mainly I, it's definitely a standard. Definitely a standard. I have him a lot more as a sleeper. If you're in a standard league, definitely look for Marvin Jones a lot more. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I just. Uh, and, and he did rank uh, number 26 fantasy points per game last season. So. Yeah, the fantasy points per game. Actually, where is he going? He's, he's ranked. The, where is he going in? I'm trying to look where he's going in non PPR. Anyways, uh, any other sleepers, or we're moving on to keepers? Moving on. All right. Yeah, he's ranked even lower in standard. Wow, 34th. So that, to me, is a little bit odd. I haven't ranked higher because of the touchdown range for him. All right. All right, so any uh, keeper guys that you have? A keeper of mine is Rashad Penny. (laughs) 
Oh wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's ranked higher in standard, thirty fourth. He's fortieth. All right, that makes PPR, sense. Excuse me. Yeah, that makes more sense. Rashad Penny. Did you hear that? No, you said Rashad Penny. Yeah, he's my sleeper. Oh, I mean, my keeper. Oh god. Rashad Penny's my keeper. Oh god. You know uh, his player comp was who he's comparable to? Ronnie Hillman. No. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Monte Ball. Melvin Gordon, bro. Oh god. His juke rate, which measures his elusiveness, was twenty nine point eight percent last season. Are you telling me why this is why the Seahawks took him as a second running back off the board? You know what that ranked him as in the league? 13. His breakaway run rate of 8.2%, which uh, is 15 or more carries, ranked him as number six. Yards created per carry, which, you know, is yards after tackle, first evaded tackle, was 1.6 yards, which ranked him number 15. Now, true yards per carry... 4.6, ranks him, num- ranks him number 16. This doesn't include yards of 10 yards or more, which, you know, it can skew numbers of course, with the yards per carry. Now, you have Mike Davis that's no longer there, who played 15 games, a snap share of 38%. You know, you're, you're talking about a lot of opportunity for Rashad Penny right here. Mike Davis rushed for 514 yards last season. That's 514 yards more uh, of an opportunity for Rashad Penny to take, you know, especially with the Seattle uh, Seahawks, who are now a run first team and was ranked the best uh, in, in run attack, you know. So, you know, Rashad Penny, I know he ended up as a 70, you know, with, with 70.4 fantasy points last season. He was an upset for a lot of people because a lot of people were high on him, you know, but maybe it's because he came into camp overweight, mostly because maybe it was the injury he had. But you're talking about a player that's, Going in the seventh, going as the seventy nine player off the board, you know, in the seventh round, who could easily end up as a top twenty four, and with Chris Carson, which we know, gets injured, so there's a risk of injury for him, and if he gets injured, Rashad Penny could end up as an RB one, top twelve. Now. Hey, I'll, I'll even tell you more good things about Rashad Penny. I'll even tell you more good things. You know, like he didn't, he didn't have a single fumble. He didn't, and he have not a single fumble, so obviously he didn't lost any balls last year. You know what I mean? Uh, you know he caught the ball a good amount of times. You know what I mean? Like uh, even again, he had that one ga- great game against the Rams, where he ran for 101 yards and a touchdown. You know he's 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 shown that you know he had a couple of games where he's averaging like 5.5 and 9.3 and you know like 5.8 yards per carry. He's had Preach. some. Preach. He's had Lo- some. I'm, I'm loving it. He's had some like pep in the step, and he's shown something. You know what I mean? He was taken as a second running back overall in the draft last year. Is there a but? It oh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a but. It seems like there's a but coming. I think Rashad Penny is nowhere near that good. I don't. I do not believe in him. I do not believe in his talents. I do not think he's that good of a running back. I think that Russell Wilson is going to run the ball the most, and he's going to when Chris Carson is going to run the ball the most. I still think it's a pretty deep backfield. I know Mike Davis is gone, but CJ Procise is still there. JD McKissick is still there. They they still have you know Travis Homer's there. They still got a couple other running backs there that they also do like a lot in Seattle. Not as much as the first round pick. But and the second running back, but, off I, the board but once for again, that season. but their first round pick, I think, was a waste, and I think it was to a bad player. You're telling me that the shy penny is better than Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. 
He has no. to prove it. No. Yes, but, okay, okay, fair it, enough. Fair according enough. to college, you know, his college stats, right? His college dominator was 50%. No, no. That means he was producing 50% of the yards, touchdowns, for his team in San Diego State. Okay. You know, so that's the reason why he got selected when in you the first said, round. And he was a second. He wasn't He wasn't ranked that high. He wasn't ranked as a second one. He, Tony he Michelle was the ranked this guy. But that's what Seattle okay, liked. Okay, you know? fine. They, they, were, they reached. Everybody was surprised about it. And fair enough that he's got to prove it. I just still say that I don't think he is that good enough. I don't. I don't. I just don't think that he's good enough. I still think it's a pretty crowded backfield. I think Chris Carson is better than him. Chris Carson's going to outplay him. Chris Carson's going to be more involved in the passing game. And I think that Russell Wilson is going to just. I, I, I just don't, don't I get just, me wrong. I don't I think love he's good enough. Chris Carson. Chris Carson is a player that I'm targeting to get where he's going. Mm-hmm. I love him, but you know, there's a risk of injury with him as well. He has missed games. And, you know, last season, you know, they, they, they did, you know, share the, the, the ball a lot. You know, they had Mike Davis running the ball, Chris Carson, and, you know, as well as Rashad Penny. So there's a big void right there. There's 500 yards that Mike Davis ran that needs to be filled. And I feel like Rashad Penny has that chance to take that. So that's why I like him. All right. Yeah. Nah, not for, not for me. Keep him. You can have him. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to the keepers, to uh, the players that we feel are going to have keeper values. People, oh, that that's, you, he was my keeper, bro. Oh, we were in keeper. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were moving on to keepers. Yeah. Doy, that's why he was your keeper. Yeah. Right. So let me, let me, I guess, uh, tell you about one of my keepers, right? One of my keepers for this year, and this is going to be a little, I guess, a weird name, Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj is a guy that I think that he's a good running back. Uh, not a top tier type running back, like not like a top 10. I always thought he was better than Kenyon Drake. I never really believed in Kenyon Drake. And it's showing now that Miami is not starting not to believe in them either. He was another guy that I didn't think was that good. And Miami gave him the chances, thought he was going to be that guy. He ended up not being that guy. Kenyon Drake's already have a walking boot. Now, depending on the role of your keeper league, like I said, he could have value. It just really depends on the role of your keeper league. If a guy like Kenyon Drake could end up being like a third rounder, like he was last year, then I can see a guy like Kalen Balaj definitely have a keeper value. It's not a good offense. It's not a great offensive line. Remember, these are, what I'm telling you, these are recommendations. These are like deep ones. You know what I mean? These are ones that are not so obvious names, the ones I've been saying for the most part all day. I just see him keeping that starting job. I see him being the starting RB. They're in a rebuild process, and it's going to take a while for them to rebuild. I believe in Miami, it's going to take a long time. They have to build up their defense. They have to build their offensive line. They need also to build up a lot more offensive weapons. Weapons. Wow. But um, they have to. But I think Kalen Balaj is going to be their running back for the foreseeable future to keep them competitive, to keep them running. You know what I mean? So Kalen Balaj, once again, you got to just study the way your keeper leagues run. Kalen Balaj to me is somebody that you can get very, very, very late in the rounds and you keep him for next year. So I, I like Kalen Balaj for keeper value. Um, I'm not really a fan of him, but I'm not, know. I'm not a huge fan of him either. I just think with the opportunity there and you, I think, I think he's going to do better than what most people expect. I just think he's going to do just really good with the job. At the end, he's a pro football player. You know, obviously he has to have some talents to not necessarily to, to make it to, yeah, to make it to the NFL. Of course. So, you know, some are late bloomers and, and sometimes they need opportunities like this, you know, and seek it, you know, if, if Drake gets injured and he's not going to be able to play and 
Belage, you know, shows up, he shows up. And you never know. You know, things change. You know, sometimes there's these guys, you know, it takes a while for them to kind of develop. And he could be one of those that develop late and he just ends up being awesome. So, you know, for the round that he's going and, you know, with Drake having that, you know, the concerns with the injuries, then yeah, why not? He's he's shown some some pep in his step too. I mean, he gets a very good Minnesota defense with only twelve with twelve carries. He's averaged ten point two yards per carry and had a touchdown. You know what I mean? He's even getting some work in the passing game. I mean, against Jacksonville, a very very strong defense as well. For only you know with just two receptions, he pulled out thirty nine yards out of those two receptions. You know what I mean? Like he's shown something. You know what I mean? I. I I don't think he's a stud. I don't think he's a beast. I think he's a very good running back. Like I think he's better than Peyton Barber. I think he's better than... I think you could do a lot worse than Kalen Balaj in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? I just think for where Ken, Kenyon Drake is going now and where Kenyon Drake has been being drafted at, I think Kalen Balaj is a better version than Kenyon Drake. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So Kenyon Drake's never been more than like a third rounder. Like that was last year. And then this year, where's he going? Like the fifth, fifth round, sixth, fourth round, whatever, Kenyon Drake? Something like that. So I just think that Kalen Balaj is better than Kenyon Drake. He's going to do what Kenyon Drake's doing now for the Dolphins, only better. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's as high as I'm putting him. So that's what I mean about him being keeper value. If Kenyon Drake was last year, if he was going in the third third round and you had him as a six-round pick, kind of like what Aaron Jones did. Aaron Jones is going to third round. He's my six-round pick. There's value there for somebody like that. So that that's what I mean about Kalen Balaj. All right, cool. What other uh, keeper do you have? This is a reach. This is like you're going deep. You know, this may be more suited for dynasty or deep, deep leagues, like 14-team leagues. Um, but for a keeper, David Moore. That's oh, pretty the, That's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. <laughs> but, you know, this guy. That sounded weird to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 don't make you, I didn't make you uncomfortable, did I? No, you didn't make me uncomfortable. Okay, cool. Like, come on. You're never going to make me uncomfortable, bro. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Just As maybe. you were saying, no, nah, David Moore. You know, he had twenty six catches and fifty three targets last season, and four. And you know, he he gained for four hundred and forty five yards with five touchdowns. His efficiency was seventeen point one yards per reception, which ranks him number seven amongst all wide receivers. And average target distance eighteen yards, which ranks him number three. He ended up as the wide receiver one two times, wide receiver two two times. His college dominator was a thirty nine point one. And his sparks percentile is 96 percentile. Now, they're talking about a wide receiving core that lost Doug Baldwin. That's 73 targets voided, right? That needs to be filled. All right, you know, they drafted DK Metcalf. He might have the opportunity. But right now, David Moore is competing for the wide receiver two spot. And if he wins, he's going to have the opportunity with Tyler Lockett. All right, some people are going to say, oh, Tyler Lockett is going to be the number one guy. But... Tyler Lockett only has 71 targets last season. You know, he was very efficient with his targets, his receptions. But, you know, David Moore has a chance here. This kid is a freakish athlete. And, you know, he could be a game changer for him. Just like DK Metcalf, I understand. But what we understand is that rookie wide receivers, it takes a while for them to develop and make an impact. David Moore at least has a season under his belt, a rapport with Russell Wilson, and there's a chance. You know, he's, he's not being drafted right now. So there's a chance that this guy performs and, you know, could end up, you know, as a next year as a, you know, wide receiver too. So 
This is why I say it's deep. I think there's a chance for him to do well, but this is why I say it's deep. We're talking about keepers, right? Remember, so we're, for just for everybody who's listening right now, the way we're projecting is that we're taking everybody from the seventh round on um and below, or or above, or whatever you however you want to call it. You know, like I I guess you know what I mean. Seventh round and below, seventh round and after. Put it that way, yeah. Because of the fact that most keeper leagues that I at least I'm aware of, they start between the sixth or eighth round, around there. They started some start sixth round, some start eighth round. So we're doing our rankings from anybody seventh round and after. When you think of him as a keeper, you want to think of them to still be worthy of like a seventh round pick next year. Yeah, I don't think David Moore is going to be <laughs> that good to be even like a seventh or sixth round pick next year. All right. I understand it. I think he's good. I like him. I don't hate David Moore. Honestly, I showed. You know, I I remember him from last year. I remember the name, and there's a reason why I still like him because of what he produced last year. I don't. That's why I think it's like real deep. I don't know if he's gonna be like a seventh round guy next year, but you know, you're within your rights to say stuff like that. Well, Tyler Locker went no, is going number f- in the fifth round. Well, right he now, was so. the wide receiver. You know, like they still got you know like other you know DK Metcalf might and there's another guy. Um, what's his name? Jared, not Jarius, right? Jared Brown. Jared Brown. Yeah, Jared Brown's another guy that's also competing with David Moore. So we'll see. Uh, another keeper that I have for this year, this one's also going to be kind of a little bit situational in a sense. Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson's a guy that I see as a lot of keeper value because of the fact, look what happened. Now, Kareem Hunt, what happened with Kareem Hunt, was you know his disgusting behavior? It happened. You couldn't predict and nothing to do about it. But because it happened, Damian Williams took that starting jobs, and now Damian Williams going to more or less about a second, third round pick this year. So if you took Damian Williams last year, in which I'm you know he was going well in the eighth round, or well after the eighth round, and you took him, he wasn't nowhere. <laughs> exactly, he probably wasn't even drafted. Maybe if uh, you took him. If you took him and now he's your keeper this year and he's like, you know, your seventh round, sixth round pick, or even if he's your last round pick, depending, once again, a keeper keeper leagues, there's a lot of ways you could do it. If you want to ask us about advice on keeper leagues, please hit us up any single time at BFB Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. We'll help you out. We'll give you some advice about it. I got, I always wanted to... Hit I, us up! Yeah, I had some ideas about a keeper league. But there's a lot of different ways you could do it. And with the... With Darwin Thompson, he could be like in that kind of situational thing again. Now, if you look at it this way, you have two aging backs there in Kansas City. Carlos Hyde has been already on his so many teams and like you know so recent. I think it's like his twelfth team in like the twelfth day, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, three Williams, teams, three teams. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I know. Just Cut him some slack. I'm exaggerating. But with Williams, he's got the starting job over there, and he's already been hurt. He's also aging. He's 27 years old. You know what I mean? You're in an Andy Reid offense. He's going to do good. But Darwin Thompson looks fire. Like he, fire. I, I, I he don't even know how to say it. He looks fire. I sounded so weird just saying that. Like he's on fire. I meant Yo, to say it. I sounded bro, so, he looks fire. I know it was so weird for <laughs> me to say that. Wow. I don't. I don't. You he know. Looks I'm fire. still under the weather. <laughs> Whatever. I would, I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna add that as a drop. He looks fire. Go ahead. I deserve it. But the point is, is that he just. He's like. He looks great on the field. He's fast. He's catching passes. He strong just by looking for preseason games and that he's been turning a lot of heads right now. You know, he had, you know, he had a 29 yard touchdown catch. He could be a real threat for that number two spot. He could be a real, real, real threat for that number two spot. And if anything happens, he could end up being the RB one for the Andy Reid offense. 
No. You have him as a keeper for next year. Like, you don't have to worry about taking running backs in a sense. So I just think he's going to be a B star one time. So no, he's I, somebody I'm definitely targeting this year. I'm strong. I strongly believe with you on that one. I'm, I'm all in on that. You know, I have him as one of the players that I can see as a, as a I can't believe sure. I said, he looks fire. He I, looks I came fire. out, I mean, he's on fire and I said, wow, he looks fire on the field. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason why I'm on, so on, dumb in the Go Weepers on. side, Damian Williams is my guy in the yeah. Weepers. Cause you know, are Robert we going to get into this right now? Yeah, this, this, this is a good transition right now. So I, I'm agreeing with you. We are out of time. We're just let's finish the door. Let's finish the weepers. Let's just go. All right. So, you know, Damian Williams. Five years in the season, never had more than 50 rushing attempts. You know, he went undrafted as a free agent. So you, know, you see him as a bust this year? Yeah, I see. Do you see the, the running back one in Andy Reid office is a bust? Yes. Okay. I do see him. That's, okay. There you go. You see, that's why you have Darwin Thompson as your keeper. Okay. Because you see the doubts. You see the doubts with Damian Williams. He hasn't proven it all season. You're, like, not, all, you're, all season. you're not saying this as a, as a Carlos Hyde owner in the dynasty, right? No, I'm not saying. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I drafted Carlos Hyde is, is because you don't believe in Damian Williams. I don't believe okay. in Damian Williams. Okay. Now, he, he's a player, you know, took a shot of, you know, took advantage of his opportunity. But he's not a player I would take a shot with. Even if he's starting with the best best offense in the league. Before last season, he was averaging 3.57 per rush. You know, I understand you can look at his metrics of juke rate, number one, evaded tackles, number one, yards created per carry, 11, breakaway run rate, one. But this, this didn't happen against the best teams in the run defense. You know, the last five games he played, he played Oakland twice, who allows the eighth most points to running backs, you know? And, all right, so he did face the Chargers, right, who, you know, is a good defense, but against the run, they're like, you know, they're allowed the 12 most points. Seattle, they're good. So, you know, he did okay with them. But, you know, when he, he faced the Ravens, you know how many points he scored against the Ravens? Well, the Ravens are a beast defense, though. <laughs> all right, so he was averaging 1.8 per carry. He has 16 yards. He has 16 receiving yards. But you know what saved him? He had two touchdowns, which gave him 19 points for that game. What a fluky game he had there. Yeah, because the Ravens are a beast defense. Like yeah, like so he had 19 points against the Ravens, but that's a little skewed, you know? Listen, uh, I know he, he's playing with the best offense in the league, and he's going to have the opportunity. But you have two other running backs. Carlos Hyde has proven that he could, you know, he could perform. He did it with, he did it with San Francisco. Yeah, 49ers. he did it for like a year or two, and he caught a lot of balls for the Niners. Yeah, and the re and your keeper Darwin Thompson. That's the reason why I also have him as my weeper. Because one thing we know is that you have Darwin are, Thompson as a bust. No, that's why I have Darwin Thompson as. Uh, that's why you have Darwin, Darwin Thompson as a keeper, because you see the doubts with Damian Williams. That's okay. why I have Damian Williams as a bust, because. You know, it's I, he has no, no. I, I I I agree. Only had fifty Russian. Basically, uh, Russian basically, what you're saying is that you feel like he's going to be a bust because he's in a great opportunity and he's in a great landing spot and a great offense. So the scheme that he's in is great, but if you put him on any other team as the RB one, he won't be good because he's not that good of a running back. No, he's people are you know buying into the hype. I'm okay. I'm not buying the I'm, hype. I'm okay with saying that. I don't think that Damian Williams also. I don't think he's that good of a running back. I just think the offense that he's in and the position he's in, he's great. And he's doing, you know, that's a, that's a great position he's in, but I just also don't think he's that good of a running back. I get it. 
uh, a weeper of mine, which is a bust of mine. I'm going to start off with a pretty big name here. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, to me, is going to be a bust, I feel. And it has nothing, nothing at all to do with his talents. I believe the guy is a stud. He's a sure fire RB1 if he could stay healthy. He will will be, to me, this year he's going to be this year's Leonard Fournette. Dagger Leonard Fournette was last year. That's what it's going to be. Now, not, I guess, as bad as Fournette because Fournette last year was ranked as a top 10 pick last year. He was a good first rounder while Davin Cook was going more like the middle, early second round last year. Kind of like the same place where he's going now. Some places are taking him in the first overall. Like, you know, not first overall, excuse me, first round. But kind of where he's going like that. Uh, but still, in his entire career, which is the possible the two years before, which is a possible 32 games, he has only played 15. Games and he's played only four games in his first year, 11 in the second year, and it wasn't even a strong 11. He was hurt, he was on a limited snap count and everything. Last year, with those 11 games, he didn't even do all that well with his limitations. He only had a four total touchdowns last year, two rushing, two catching. That's it. He was drafted last year as the running back 11, he finished as the running back 30. Last well, because he missed uh, the games, but know, that's what well. I'm saying. Because that's what exactly what I'm saying. He was not only did he miss games, but he was limited in the games he was in. So because of all that, because it, of Latavius Murray, who's my sleeper, not so much because of Latavius Murray, but he was just hurt always. So they, you know, because they had Latavius Murray, they were even more comfortable doing that. The thing is, this is that, or which is another like. Um, a sleeper of mine was Alexander Madison. I didn't get. I didn't want to talk about him too much because I mentioned him before in another segments and other times. But Alexander Madison is a sleeper of mine because of the fact that I believe that Dalvin Cook will be a bust. I do not believe that he will play a full season. I just. I. I. Sh- hopefully, I'm wrong because he, I think he's a very, very good running back, and it's a shame to see him get hurt that much. But I think he's going to be. He's a very high price. And he's going to cost you a lot because he's not going to play an entire full season. I much rather would get Alexander Madison. If you are a Dalvin Cook owner, you have to reach for Alexander Madison. And if you don't own Dalvin Cook, look to get Alvin Ma- Alexander Madison as well. Would you select Dalvin Cook or Damian Williams? Damian Williams. Really? Yep. So your reason not liking Dalvin Cook is that you believe he's going to get hurt. I believe he will get hurt. I, I just... Do not. I don't see him playing an entire full season. And if he plays a full and season, and he costs more than Damian Williams, so yeah, I'm paying a higher price. Yeah, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. 100 percent. Joe Mixon. 100 percent. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. And Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Dalvin Cook. I don't think he's gonna play. I think he's gonna be a bust. He's gonna cost a high price. Like, what about if he plays a whole season? I don't think he will. You don't think? I don't. So I, you, I strongly. There's, there's nothing that you get to. I said he's a stud. If he stays healthy, he's a short fire RB one. He's a he's a stud. He's top five RB if he can stay healthy. All right, but I just don't see him staying healthy. I just right. don't. I just don't. I, I just think it's pretty much like almost damn near impossible for that guy to stay healthy. Unfortunately. All right. You know he's like you know what he is. You know what he comparison to to get about it. Arian Foster. <laughs> Fair right. enough. Arian Foster, he was such a beast all the time, but he was always hurt, and he hurts you. Well, he might have, but Arian Foster at least had a couple of seasons where he ended up being as one of the best running backs. Yeah. So it, it might be this year for Dalvin Cook. But no, Cook. but Dalvin Cook has always been there, like, like end of the first round, early seconds, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. All right, we got to still finish this up. So all right. Who's another bust for you? Derrick Henry. Okay. <laughs> Going in the four, fourth round, this guy, all right, he ended up as a running back 16. You know, but come on, man. This guy... 
had just four remarkable games. You know, in those four games, what he had 128 carries, 474 yards, five touchdowns. No, sorry about that. 87 carries, 585 yards, and seven touchdowns in four games. Meanwhile, the other 11 games, he had 474 yards, five touchdowns in 11 games. You're talking about a player that just had a remarkable, miraculous, uh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, baby Jesus, hell of a run at the end of the season. And people Against are, a good defense, too, like the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars who already quit. No, I know, but he was he ran all over them though. It was still a good defense, no matter what. Yeah, and, and come on, man! But he had a crazy game there. Nah, no way. But listen, this guy, you're talking about this guy that was like what he, what he ranked. He ranked like RB thirty in the first eleven games. No, I get it. And then now he ended up as an RB, you know, sixteen. You know, I'd rather take Dan, uh, Deion Lewis here. You know. In the 13th round, as a, he's going as a running back 54. You know where he ended up as last season? Or RB28. Yeah. You know, uh, so Derrick Henry, he has been a disappointment for years in, years out. He had, okay, four good games. But, you know, that's a small sample of, of four good games compared to his whole career. He's a player that I'm definitely, you know, for where he's going, he's definitely going to be a bust. I tell you, I advise you. Do not draft this guy. I don't. You're taking a lot of risk. I don't see it as definitely being a bust. I mean, I, I'm not high on him either. I mean, I know earlier I was saying I didn't mind him. Uh, obviously, all our opinions are subject to change as everything does change throughout the year with fantasy football. That's how it goes. Uh, I also don't recommend him. I see him going a little below his ADP, not much below, not like, you know what I mean? Not, not like to dramatic senses. He you know got, I mean? he garnered 40% of his production last season in those four games. I mean, right right now, Derrick Henry is going as the RB22. I don't really see him falling really much lower than like 27. So I, I do see him falling below his ADP, just not by an abundance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook right now is going as the RB10. I see him falling down to 20, if not outside of it. Listen, uh, if you're thinking about getting Derrick Henry, just take a shot with Deion Lewis, man. He's yeah. going in the 13th round. This guy's going to be a sleeper. He's going to outproduce his production, his his ADP. He ended up as an RB28, you know, and he's going as an RB54. Are you serious? You're, you're getting free money right here, you know. So just, you know, if you're going to take a shot with Derrick Henry, listen, if you've been a fan of him, okay, by all means, you're going to be stubborn and you're going to draft him. But, you know, he hasn't proven it. No, I get it. So, small sample size of what he, everybody thought he was going to be straight out of college in the last four games, you know. But I get it's, it. It's, it's not enough for me to warrant drafting him in the fourth round. Uh, uh, just quickly, so as we get, uh, get this out of the way, but uh, another bust that I think is going to be is, this is another weird name to say. And it, you know what? As another, again, same thing like Dalvin Cook. Has nothing to do with his talent. This is a bit of a hot take. I think Brandon Cook's going to be a bust. Whoa. Now, I'll explain why. I'll explain why. Oh, man, come on. Believe it or not, Brandon Cooks has never once finished as a top 10 wide receiver. Never. Yeah, but he's not going as a wide receiver. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the thing. The reason I feel like he's going to fall below his ADP, the main reason, I think Robert Woods is going to be the wide receiver one for that team. Not to say that Brandon Cooks is going to be awful. Not to say that don't don't draft him. Not to say he's going to suck. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he, no. 
I just think he's going to finish below his ADP like he usually does. He usually, for the most part of his career, has always finished below his ADP. Last year, he was drafted. He was going as the wide receiver, uh, except for last year. Hold on. You know, we, twice. Yeah, except for last year. Last year was one of the one years that he went above. He went as wide receiver 24. He ended up as wide receiver 13. But I just think that Robert Woods is going to be that main guy because of the fact that more of the attention is on Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks had more contested targets and receptions. And I think it's all because of that is why Robert Woods is going to thrive. I think Robert Woods is just going to do better overall in that offense. It's a it's a great offense. It's a strong offense. And I'm not by any means of the chance saying don't draft Brandon Cooks. It's not that I'm saying I'm not recommending him. I just say by what, what, I, you're, what you're saying is going to be a bust. What, by on. bust. By bust, what I mean, I, and I use that word very lightly with him. Like Dalvin Cook, I think it's going to be a surefire bust. 100%. He's going to hurt you. Brandon Cooks, I just feel because he's going to fall below his ADP. I just feel he's going to fall way below his ADP. You're chill, Max. I think he's going to fall. I think he's going to fall outside the wide receiver twenty. Listen, you're talking about a player that had over a thousand yards with three different teams. No, I listen. His first season. No, I think that Robert Woods was is going to take over. I think that Robert Woods is going to take over. The same reasons that you feel about Chris Godwin taking over for Mike Evans, right? That's why you don't want Mike Evans, because of the Chris Godwin thing, right? Yeah. All right. I feel the same way for Robert Woods over Brandon Cooks. Now, which They're going is, in the same round. They're all going all in the same them, round. All four of them. All the, three of them are. The reason why I like Chris Godwin is because of the value that I'm getting with Chris Godwin compared but, to but you, Mike no, Evans. No, 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 no. I'm not denying why you should like Chris Godwin. You're saying, though, that Chris Godwin is going to overplay Mike Evans, and you don't want Mike Evans at all because Chris Godwin is going to be the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is crazy. It's not so crazy to say that Robert Woods is going to be the wide receiver one for that team. That's fine because they're all going in the same round. But it's not Robert the Woods. Reason, the reason why they're all going in the same round is people not, are not Robert sure who's going to be the Woods, number one wide receiver. Robert Woods, to me, is going to be is going to overperform his ADP, and Brandon Cooks is going to underperform. And because he's going to underperform, because he currently is the wide receiver one for that team, on paper, on a depth chart, he's the wide receiver one, and most of the attention is going to be on him as far as the passing game goes. So I feel that Robert Woods is going to take over and be the wide receiver one for that team, fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise, is going to be the wide receiver one for that team. And that's and Brandon Cooks is going to underperform his ADP. What, what do you think that's Brandon, what I mean what do you think, by... Where do you think Brandon Cooks is going to end up? I think he's going to fall up right around the 20, if not below it. Or wide receiver 20? Right around the 20 range, if not un, uh, after the 20s. Yes. That, that's, that's where I kind of see him ending. So I don't, I don't he, have him ranked there. Yeah, but I don't have me, him ranked there. To me, that's not a bust because a wide, receiver, right, so let's a say wide more, receiver 20 is going at the end of the fourth. But so you still selected a player in the fourth round that I see him. I see him more as a more as a weeper. I, f- I feel like just that Robert Woods is the better guy to get than Brandon Cooks. I just feel like Brandon Cooks is underperform his ADP. All right, he's not gonna live up to his ADP. That that's how I see it. You understand what I'm saying? All right, cool. I'm not saying don't take him, but I just think that Robert Woods is gonna be the way better wide receiver, and it's gonna make Brandon Cooks, you know, go down in the rankings. All right. I have one more player, and then we could wrap it up. Yeah, Unless we got you have one more. We got just go, one? just go quick. Miles Sanders. Okay, he's going as an RB thirty-one in the sixth round. Uh, to me, this is a bust alert, man. He only had a college dominator of twenty-one percent, which forty percent is considered to be great. This guy, the main concern with him is the kid from Penn State is the problem of securing the ball. 
he had 10 fumbles in his collegiate career. And, and he had five in his last season. He fumbled the ball. You know how many per touches? How many? He fumbled once every 30 touches. That's a lot. If you're, if you're banking on this guy to have volume touches for the Eagles, at least like 20, you're talking about maybe a fumble every other game. And you know one thing in, in, in the NFL, for sure, what coaches hate is fumbles. And if he was gaining that high of a rate of fumbles in college, imagine in football when you have these men who are, who are programmed to punch the ball out of your hands. That's a major concern. If he starts fumbling the ball, hey, it's going to be Jordan Howard leading the way here, man. I'm not mad at that. Uh, I'm really not. I, I, I just think it's a crazy crowded backfield as it is anyways. So I think, you know, that's that's the, that's the main thing why I think it's going to be a bust besides the fumbles, besides all the other points you make. So much of a crowded backfield. Jordan Howard, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles. It's just a crazy crowded backfield. But they have a good offensive line. So we shall see with that. But I agree with you there. I'm oh. not high on him. All right, party people. We went a little. Oh, we went over today, but that is it is what it is. We gotta get that information out there. Once again, always follow us on Instagram or on Twitter at BFV Podcast. Both our handles. Follow us also on the website at BetterFantasyBureau.com. Thank you very much. Hit us up with any of your questions to get you ready for your draft. Success on the less party people. Muchas gracias. Peace. Bye.